0: You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by the Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. After nearly 30 years launching, building, and developing marketing communications and business development programs in professional services firms, often against all odds, Pamela Cohn felt compelled to do it one more time. This time, she is focusing on social impact and the role professional service firms and their clients can and should play in addressing some of the world's most pressing problems. Having studied international relations in college with graduate work in communications management and corporate social responsibility and sustainability, together with decades of professional service firm experience, the pieces of the puzzle have come together. Pam is now using her highest and best skills and experience to help ensure that the professions, lawyers, accountants, actuaries, engineers, are using their highest and best skills and experience to address and solve the world's most pressing challenges— If not us, then who? Pam is the founder and CEO of Amity Advisory, a social impact consulting firm for professional service firms. And I've got with me on the show today, Pamela Cohn, and I'm excited about this because this is a hot topic for every law firm partner dealing with social responsibility and social impact programs for law firms. Beyond pro bono, and d initiatives. Pamela, thanks for joining me on the podcast today.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: So your area of expertise is right in the sweet spot of what a lot of firms are seeing these days as important. And I think it's mixed because it's the right thing to do. But I also notice that the legal spend from corporations is being directed to firms that have these kinds of initiatives. So what you're doing right now is very timely. So, I'm kind of curious within your area of, uh, of expertise and your background, what, what actually prompted you to start this type of work in social impact, social responsibility, and a sustainability consulting practice?
1: I'm hopeful that you're right, Scott, in that the timing is perfect. My whole career has been in professional service firms on the marketing, communications, and business development side. So, I started with law way back in 1987. I worked in three different law firms. And then 16 years ago, moved to an actuarial consulting firm called Milliman, still in the professional service space. Mm -hmm. Um, Milliman has 70 offices around the world, and we're a billion-dollar company representing and doing work for multinational and global insurance companies and financial institutions. That's great. So about four years ago, we started to see very specific and direct questions in RFPs coming from our insurance company clients and financial institution clients about what is Milliman doing with respect to social responsibility and how are you measuring your impact? Mm. And I suspect like most professional service firms, we were doing a lot of things. I mean, it's part of our DNA to be involved and to give back into each of our communities, but we weren't tracking it. We weren't measuring it. We weren't directing it. So we didn't have the answers to those questions, particularly because the questions were asking on a firm wide basis, what are you doing? Right. And so we struggled with those questions for a while, kind of fudged our way through it as best we could with generalities and and speaking in um, generalities about what each of the offices was doing, until we actually lost an existing client because the scores we received on the CSR portion of the questionnaire were so insufficient that our total score did not meet the threshold to advance
0: to the second round. And when you say CSR, what does that mean exactly?
1: Well, that can be anything from your DNI initiatives, your pro bono initiatives, your charitable giving, your community involvement, but I think what what it also means is your environmental footprint, your carbon footprint, what are you doing with respect to some of the major challenges that are facing societies today? Right. And so I think law firms will often answer those questions by talking about their pro bono program or by talking about their DNI, but miss the bigger picture of what does this mean holistically and what do we as a firm stand for and where are we going to put our Time, energy, and, and money. And when um, you say
0: D&I, you mean the, diversity and initiatives. Or, or, diversity
1: me, and inclusion. Yeah, I mean, inclusion, diversity yeah, and efforts. Right. And, you know, that most law firms now have diversity and inclusion programs because it was in large part driven by clients. Clients were asking for more diverse teams on their, more diverse representation on the teams that were doing their work. And I see that same initiative coming from clients now around the broader CSR and social impact space. So I think it's just, if Milliman was seeing these questions four years ago and actually lost a client because our answers were insufficient, it that told me how serious clients are taking this now. And it's just a matter of time before law firms are also going to be getting this scrutiny from their prospects and from their existing clients.
0: Sure. I mean, this, this is just like in the last four years, three or four yes. years you're talking.
1: Yes, about. exactly. And I think... One other thing that's driving this is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So at the millennium, the United Nations had the Millennium Goals, which was a 15-year plan to address some of the most pressing problems facing society today. And in 15 years, they largely achieved or made tremendous progress towards those goals. So as we approached 2015, the United Nations developed the next roadmap, which is called the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, with a target date of 2030. Mm. So those are 17 goals, and as companies sign what's called the UN Global Compact, you are making a commitment to strive towards helping making progress on those goals, and that you will do business with other companies that are interested in making progress on those goals. And so as clients sign on to the United Nations Global Compact, they are scrutinizing their supply chain. and making decisions to do business with other companies that are striving towards making progress on those goals. So are you seeing
0: this is mostly uh, publicly held companies or private, uh, large multinational, uh, domestic companies? What type of companies are actually doing this?
1: All of the above. All of the above. And I would say perhaps one of the reasons why Milliman started to see this four years ago already is that our client base is largely multinational and global insurance companies and financial institutions. And if you think about it, insurance companies are the companies that are already feeling some of this in their financials. They're already already writing checks for the repercussions of things like climate change. So they're taking this very seriously and are expecting their providers to do the same.
0: So let me kind of, I don't want to say just challenge it, mm-hmm. but kind of bring some perspective into this. And my own opinion in business is that as a recruiter, I channel people's self-interest. I guide them in ways that help them. And I believe that the free enterprise system is the best system out there because it's based on our own human nature. And by working collectively together, the rising tide lifts all ships. Mm -hmm. With these types of initiatives, when you see that now the spend is being dictated by these initiatives, I think that companies will do it for multiple, or excuse me, law firms should do it for multiple of reasons because it's the right thing to do. It's good leadership, it's good stewardship, but also it can help them get business. Do you think that's an accurate representation of what most of the law firms are thinking or am I just being kind of jaded here? What do you think?
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. It would be nice to think that we would all be doing the right things just because it's the right thing to do. But certainly knowing that working in this space in collaboration with clients is also good for business and good for your bottom line that will help drive behavior. One of the goals is goal number 17, which is called partnership for the goals. And what that goal does is encourage you to work with other entities to help have greater impact. So I'll give you an example of, I think, a law firm that is doing that really well. Nixon Peabody in Washington, Mm D.C., collaborated with solar panel companies, real estate developers, and the expertise of their own lawyers to work on installing solar panels on the rooftops of buildings in Washington, D.C., and all of the energy being generated is credited to the low income tenants of the Washington, D.C. public housing. So that's a Fabulous example of how law firms can use their highest and best skills collaborating with other entities and really having tremendous social impact. So that's an example of what I call transformational social impact. Compare that to what law firms have historically done. And I would say what most professional service firms have historically done is And I don't mean this to sound pejorative, but random acts of kindness. You Mm -hmm. know, they do a lot of little things. They give a lot of little donations or they volunteer or they clean up a park or they build a habitat for Humanity House. All of those things are really good things, but it's not leveraging the highest and best skills of what lawyers can bring to the table.
0: That's interesting. Now, let me kind of back up to what you're talking about before and kind of bring it back into what you just mentioned. You talked about measurements let's assume there's inputs and outputs. What are the inputs that you're measuring with this in an organization? What are the outputs? What would be the things that you'd measure on just to show that this is a good use of time?
1: Mm-hmm. Inputs would be things like lawyer time and money mm-hmm. <laughs> or staff. I mean, not, this shouldn't be just restricted to lawyers. I think everyone at a law firm can participate in whatever the initiative is. But certainly the, the inputs are the time and energy and perhaps even dollars that you're giving towards a particular initiative. The outputs, and this is harder to measure because sometimes the outputs are, are very long-term, but in the Nixon Peabody case that I just gave you, they can clearly measure the electricity that's generated and the savings that is passed on to the tenants of the low-income housing projects, right?
0: Oh, wow. Wow.
1: On some initiatives, it's a little bit harder to measure. So for instance, one of Milliman's signature transformational programs is tutoring in high schools, Algebra 1, because number one, Our people understand math, certainly a group of actuaries and economists and so forth. And research shows that if a student struggles in Algebra 1, they're going to struggle in every math class thereafter. But if they can get a handle on Algebra 1, it helps them with all subsequent math classes. So we just started partnering with the Actuarial Foundation. I think it's in 10 cities right now, and we've committed a $750,000 commitment over three years to help expand that program to more cities throughout the United States. And that, it'll be a little bit harder to measure outcomes. Certainly, we can count the number of cities where the program is expanding to, but it's going to take three to five years to measure what difference did that make in that student's life.
0: Well, that's a significant investment that your firm's making. So thanks on behalf of the rest of us in this world. Thanks for doing that. Because when you and I both know that sometimes you, like you said, you can't see that immediate return on investment. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's, uh, I always look at it from geometric expansion. If you can make small increments across the board at the same time then it results in a quantum improvement in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And I think the same thing, law firms working together collectively on some sort of an initiative, you're going to see a geometric expansion. There's a quantum result in some sort of area. Yes, I agree. What have you seen? Have you seen much resistance from professional service firms in doing something like this? I'm sure there's some people that are sitting here listening with their arms crossed, shaking their head, saying, ah, oh, not me. I'm, it's, it's interrupting my time. What, how would you respond to someone like that?
1: Yes, I do see some resistance, mostly coming from, well, we already do pro bono, and we already have a diversity and initiative program. And mm-hmm. I think those things are great. I don't see this as mutually exclusive to continuing those programs. So I think the other resistance comes from, we're a law firm. We're not spewing carbon into the atmosphere. We're not dumping residual resources into the rivers. You know, that stuff doesn't apply to us. Mm. And I would say two things to that. One is you have clients that need help. And so we should be active as lawyers addressing these sustainability challenges that our clients are facing. And then secondly, I think one thing that law firms miss, and I would say this is true of all professional service firms, when it comes to environmental footprint, we focus on recycling or composting in our offices or printing double-sided on paper. And all of those things are important. But if you look at the typical carbon footprint of a law firm, the vast majority is coming from air travel and hotel. Mm -hmm. And very few law firms are doing anything to reduce that. I think I know of a few, but it does apply to us because consultants and lawyers, they travel a lot. So what can we do to impact our carbon footprint by reducing travel, reducing hotel? How can we use video conferencing equipment more efficiently? And the resistance I get from lawyers is, well, I have to go see my clients. And I don't I don't deny that, but I think if Milliman is any example, a lot of our travel comes from internal committee meetings. So what can we do to reduce our internal committee meetings? So instead of meeting four times a year, we meet twice a year and the alternative times we we do it via video conference as an example. So I think there's lots of things that law firms could do that uh, they aren't yet embracing.
0: (laughs) So have you heard of law firms, and I don't know if You've been able to peek back the curtain enough to find out if they've ever lost clients from this, but are there any any stories related to not just the social impact, but the impact economically on the firm in terms of doing these types of initiatives?
1: I haven't yet heard of any law firms that have lost a client. Obviously, I have the Milliman experience, but I have heard of law firms, and in fact, Lee Dance and I just wrote an article that was an American lawyer a couple of weeks ago that talks about how stakeholders, and I'm including clients and talent in those pools, are expecting law firms to take positions and have a voice and actually stand for something when it comes to some of these social issues. And right. that includes law firms. And so, Just doing it for brand reputation and brand protection reasons is also very important.
0: Right. What's interesting, I actually had one client that, and I'm not going to mention the name of the firm, of course, a smaller firm in the legal world, less than 100 attorneys is a small firm, Mm -hmm. but the business couldn't come over because they didn't have a diversity initiative. The client was a very large multinational corporation and couldn't give this highly regarded leading small firm that is on set records, literally, and has people that are best of class within their particular area, couldn't get them as a client just because there's no diversity initiative. And it's, it's almost like who would have known to ask that question as everybody's doing diligence. <laughs> so, and like I said, I don't want to be jaded. I don't want to be cynical. And I'm not saying what's it all about, but what's it all about economically when you have an economic impact, now you've got people's attention. Mm -hmm. And when it keeps organizations from hitting financial goals or if it helps them. And I know, I believe there's two sides of it. We've got to be selfless because I think selflessness is good for the soul. It builds a vibrant life and it attracts people to invite you to really cool parties. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. good to be Mm -hmm. selfless and it's the right thing to do in these sorts of things. But if we can also show that, by the way, this is going to help you grow your book of business. Now you got my attention.
1: Right. And, and- attract talent, right? I mean, I think I think the talent that is in the employment pool these days, they take this very seriously and ask questions. Right. If they have two offers on the table, the social responsibility program of one over the other may very well tip the scale. Yeah, in yeah. the same way when choosing an outside law firm, I don't think this is the reason Procurement professionals or in house general counsel chooses a law firm, but it could very well be the differentiator once the expertise is
0: established, right? Absolutely right. And I think, even in terms of making an assessment, we don't have all the information on this organization, but let's take a thin slice sample of what data we do have, Mm -hmm. and we're going to make a decision based on the fact they have invested dollars into this diversity initiative, into these other programs. We would guess that their core values are going to be much more attractive than another firm that doesn't have that. Because, and what's interesting in the nature of law firms, those individuals that are the most selfless in their pursuits actually tend to do financially better in a law firm environment because of a law firm... Ideally, you want to take your eyes off yourself and focus on what's in the best interest of the team. And if everybody does that, and if you have leadership you can trust and colleagues you can trust, then it's that rising tide.
1: Yes, So we would assume
0: that the firm's core values are such that it's going to be a safest bet for us in terms of where to spend our time. Do you think that it's a generational thing? Do you think that more millennials, younger professionals are more attracted to this? Or do you think it transcends all generations?
1: Well, I think it certainly historically has been a generational thing and we're seeing it in the generations that are just joining the workforce now or the millennials. But I think as the older generations start to see the business case, they're also understanding it. So it isn't, it, it, to me, it isn't an elective anymore. It's absolutely critical to staying competitive.
0: Have you seen some professional services just falling behind in this area?
1: Well, I th- and this is going to sound very uh, categorical, but, but I think most law firms are behind in this area because they're relying on their pro bono and their diversity and inclusion as if that's all that matters. Right. And I think what they're going to find out from clients is that's not all that matters. <laughs> they want to have a much more robust holistic program and i think having a separate dni initiative and somebody else managing pro bono and then their office facilities manager keeps track of paper usage that's not enough that's not enough anymore because clients are expecting a much more robust tied together very focused efforts that have uh, measurable outputs measurable so,
0: outcomes. Excuse me. Right, right. Sure. Great. So what, what, would, what would you recommend? Let's say there's a law firm partner that is listening to this and believes that his or her firm is just falling behind. Mm-hmm. What action steps would you give to that person to hopefully change that trend internally or even to a leader of a firm that's listening to this that says, we're falling behind. We want to be ahead of the curve and this is a way for us to do this.
1: Yes. The very first thing most law firms should do is get a handle on what's already happening. Because my guess is every office is engaged in its community. Every office is doing donations. Every office has volunteer opportunities, but nobody's collecting that information. And so by the simple i wouldn't even say this is simple by the first step of gathering information about what's happening at least you'll have aggregate answers when these questions start to show up in rfps right so that's step 1 step 2 is once you have taken an inventory of what's already happening what themes are obvious? Is there a sweet spot that your firm seems to be focusing on because of your expertise or because of your culture, because of your DNA? And how can we leverage those themes? And then the third thing I would do is leverage the expertise of your lawyers. So for instance, if your law firm has a particular niche or a particular skill set, look for opportunities to develop or collaborate with others to create social impact programs that leverage your your highest skills. And that isn't, again, I mentioned this earlier, that may not be putting hammers in the hands of lawyers to build a Habitat for Humanity house. That's a good program, but that's not the highest and best use of lawyer skills.
0: Are there any resources that you know of that can help law firms with this?
1: Yes, uh, the United Nations Global Compact website is a very good place to start because it not only explains the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, but it also lists and you can easily search for companies that are already signed, have signed on to the Global Compact so you can see if your clients and which of your clients are engaged. That's really powerful because instead of waiting for your clients to come to you and say, gosh, would you like to get engaged with us on goal number four and goal number seven, you can see what goals they're working on and you can approach them in a proactive way, which I think would only deepen the client relationship.
0: So you can go to this site. The firm can have the people that manage all the client data go in here and see which clients are doing things for this already. Is that right?
1: Yes. The UN Global Compact, you can search for company names or you can even search by industry sector to see who has an and by air region of the of the world and then also each United Nations global compact member has to do an annual report and all of those annual reports are on the United Nations global compact site as well so you, if your clients are there you can absolutely see what they're
0: working on and we'll even put that website in the show notes so if anybody's listening just go to the link uh, on iTunes or go to the site partnerpodcast.com and look for Pamela's show, and you'll see the website link there. We'll put that on there. Perfect. And one final question, and then I wanted to kind of hear what your menu of services are for those that are listening, but you mentioned RFP. And what are the things that you're seeing on RFPs from clients related to these programs?
1: Again, very specific questions about Yes, what are you doing with respect to diversity and inclusion, and what are your metrics? What are you doing with respect to say sustainability, and, and how are you measuring your outcomes? I even had, these are two interesting questions that came up recently. A client said, please tell us who is in charge of your corporate social responsibility and sustainability program. Wow. And then it put in parentheses, and please don't tell us it's just your CEO, because that tells us it's not being taken seriously and it's just something that sits on your shelf. So that was very interesting. And then the most recent question or information that I found in an RFP that was really interesting, it said, all successful bidders will be expected to sign the United Nations Global Compact. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty powerful.
0: Well, that definitely means it's going to be top of mind for pretty much every law firm here in the near future.
1: Yes, it should be.
0: Well, this is great, Pamela. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. And before we go, kind of tell us a little bit about what you do for law firms. If a law firm wants to reach out to you, what's what's kind of the menu of services that you provide in that world?
1: Yes, thank you. Well, as you can imagine, every law firm is different based on size, location, and what they're currently doing. But some of the things I can help the law firm with are to do that initial audit, to help identify themes, to educate about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, to figure out what areas of law a particular law firm might be able to leverage or the skills they might be able to use to initiate their own social impact initiatives. I think it's it's a little bit of a mind shift for lawyers to think about social impact, not just through their pro bono work, but What work are we actually doing for clients that pay us that also is having an influence in the social impact space? And yeah, figuring out how best to make this holistic and how to respond to clients. That's that's exactly what I can help with.
0: Okay, that's great, Pamela. Well, thank you so much. This is such an interesting... relevant topic. I really appreciate you coming on here today. And like I mentioned, we'll put your links and the other links we discussed on the show notes. And thank you so much for being here today.
1: It's certainly been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Scott.
0: Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.